Hey everybody, thanks for coming to another episode of Off Script with Pastor Jared. And the ironic blessing. Aaron the intern, I'm back with out. me again. Uh, I have a question for you, Aaron. You ready? Yeah. I'm, I'm going at it right from the beginning. Okay. Wow. How much weekly programming from a mm. church do you think you need need to be a healthy Christian and not to be backsliding and not to be left out to dry as a sheep without a shepherd wandering in the wilderness with no direction or guidance or feeding? Go ahead. Needed to be a healthy Christian? Yeah. What do you think? I think needed... Uh, I mean, I would probably go just once if you came on a Sunday morning. I mean, I think you can be in health. I think you can be a healthy Christian and come to church at least semi often. Uh, I believe you'll be helped, uh, hopefully, and pushed and edified and grown to become even more of a healthy Christian if you came more often. But I would say needed. You at least need to gather every now and then with your local church. All right. So you're, I'm hearing your minimalist approach is you got to yeah. have one. That's more of like a, what do you have to have or else you're in disobedience? Yeah. Right? I, I, yeah. What I would personally say is you what should, you, what's going to make you the best you can be the best version you can be. I think church members should at least gather maybe two or three times a week. All right. So I, I've always at said, least. I've always said you've got to have, you've obviously got to have, your Lord's Day gathering. You got to mm-hmm. have your your once a week. This is my church, and we're all welcome. This isn't a one segment of the church gathering. Right. Got to have that. I think you need to have at least one Bible study where you're you're with people. It can be peers. It doesn't have to be, but it can't. That can be mm-hmm. your age graded thing where you're sort of sharing. I think it's good to have um, a dedicated prayer time. That's uh, not necessarily making your other services bear the full burden of Mm. dealing with all the prayer that you could be doing as a church. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, I I think some opportunity for fellowship is Mm -hmm. good. So that's what, three, four touches a week in Mm -hmm. some various format. Um, Now, here's my here's my follow up question to that. Are you familiar with uh, diminishing returns? I think I've referenced this recently. So I took economics once upon a time. Okay. So for the listeners at home out in radio land, diminishing returns is uh, when something starts as a good thing and you have a little bit of it and it's good. And then you have a little more of it and it's getting better. And you keep, the more you keep adding, the better it gets. But there's a point mm-hmm. where adding more gets worse at a point. The example I always give is like eating cotton candy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's first bite. Great. You know, Amazing. and then you keep, you, you may even eat the whole cotton candy roll Definitely. from yeah. the, circus or wherever you are the fair and then but someone hands you a second roll of cotton Mm -hmm. candy i might be i'm still going okay i understand but 10 deep it's it's too much (laughs) right it's so you get sick it's not good that's called diminishing returns so here's my question you know where Mm -hmm. i'm going is there a point in church life in programming when there's a diminishing return where you're saying we're we're together too much or we are meeting too much or we're listening to too much preaching or we're around each other too much. I I think I need to be careful. I, I love the way that you think. I can see you can't see this from the podcast, but <laughs> this man's brain is is going around the room right now. I, I think I need to be careful on how I answer this because do I think that gathering in a healthy and productive and Christ centered, you know, Bible saturated 
context, will that ever get to a point to where it produces diminishing returns? I, I would say probably not, no. But do I think that every church event and every church gathering is perfectly efficient and always productive and always, you know, Christ-centered and always fully Bible-saturated? No, because I think there there can be a point in a church where the uh, the number of programs becomes too many that the quality begins to drop off. But okay. if, it, if it's high-quality church programs, I'd say, man, just go for all you can eat. Okay. Let me... <laughs> Let me push. Let me push a little bit. Okay. Um, is there a time? I well, I'll say this. I think there's a time. I won't. I'll do. I'll stop doing my postmodern questions. Okay. Uh, uh, I think there is a time when you can be with Christians too much. In okay. that, in that, you're not anymore doing evangelism. Y- yeah. Okay. I mean, is that healthy? No. So that okay, you, yeah. you described okay. healthy though. Yeah. But. There's a point where you say I'm insulated in a Christian subculture. Mm-hmm. If you're if you're at the church 24 seven, having yeah. sleepovers there, and yeah. never leaving. Uh, you, you you just go from the yeah. prayer room to the worship service right. to the Bible study, mm-hmm. and you just keep moving. And then, and it, repeat. Yeah. then you have fried chicken at, mm-hmm. at, in the fellowship hall. That's good. Yeah, it sounds good. But you know, <laughs> there there is a point where you have to go actually live this thing yeah, out in, in real life uh, amongst lost people. So I think there is a time when it's too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, here's what I want to... I, I, I thought of a real-life example uh, for me. When I was... Uh, w- w- this would be true for everybody that moved to Colorado with our church planting team. All of us experienced this because all of us came from the South and from church culture. Uh, many of us from Kirby Woods, but some from Florida, South Carolina, Alabama. So we all converged on... Um, Colorado, Fort Collins, having come from our church cultures and our, all of us were the most active in our churches. Mm -hmm. So if you think about just me, Jared, what I was doing at the time, you know, as a Kirby member and intern and an an active seminary person, I mean, there was weeks when I would go to Sunday, I would go to Bible study, Sunday school. I would then go to church service at 1030. We would come back um, in the afternoon and do Sunday evening service. Mm-hmm. And then um, we would have chapel at seminary mm-hmm. two times a week, right. two sermons. Uh, I would have Wednesday nights. I would do both the youth and the college. Mm-hmm. I would go from one because they were staggered at the time. Mm-hmm. So I'd go play music at one and then go downstairs to the next, hear two more sermons then on Wednesday nights. Um, and then many weeks there would be some other opportunity, yeah. the, the mission or, you know, this other, you know, practical mission kind of place to go to right. and, and do that. And so on any given week, I counted it up one time. I was hearing like nine sermons a week yeah. and having a lot of, you know, fellowship and good things like that. So I was in full church mode. Mm-hmm. Uh, and every time the church had something, I was there, went to plant a church in Colorado and experienced true withdrawals. Mm. And everybody everybody on our church planting team said the same thing because like you're in a system that's made. It's mm-hmm. like a it's a machine. You just plug yourself into the machine and it's designed to form you. Mm-hmm. And so you really don't have to think about your own spiritual development that right. much as a when you're in the machine that mm. the church world is made for you. You just shuffle to the next time slot and it's, it right. it happens to you. And so a lot of missionaries go through this church planters. Mm-hmm. You get out there and you're like, 
man, there's no church. I've got to start the church. You know, our, me and my 12 friends are the church, wow. and we don't have, you know, the monster, uh, mm-hmm. the machine behind us. We're not, do, we're not going to do 12 sermons a week, right? Uh, nor should we in, in that point. <laughs> so, you know, I just remember being in that time of life and thinking, this might have uncovered something that was maybe a little unhealthy, mm-hmm. like uh, we were too dependent Hmm. upon the system okay because i think it taught us not to have to go out and fish for ourselves mm-hmm. you know if, if you're handed if you're the guy on the street corner to harken back to our jeff patrick discussion a okay. couple episodes ago if you're the guy on the street corner that's handed a gift or food or you know a dollar um that's going to diminish your drive to go out hmm. and get a job and and earn so i think it's there's some similarities to that in church world where if all you do is know how to eat pre-prepared food. You mm-hmm. never learn how to cook. You know, yeah, that's, that's good. Good, good illustration. <laughs> that's good. I could tell you like that. One. Uh, that was on the spot. Um, yeah, I felt that. But you know, I I think that's true though. Because mm-hmm. would you agree there is value in the Christian life in learning how to cook your own food? Oh, oh, definitely. I man, I, I I don't know, and and even those who are involved. You think about so if you are in that machine and you're constantly being fed. You even think about those who are in leadership. How how are they being able to lead this? It's it's not because your you know your pastors and uh, your different ministers in the church. It's not because they're being fed and they're just regurgitating it to you. It's because they're going in their own personal time and getting this stuff ready to feed to you. Right. Uh, so so I I think the hope there, and I'm sure you would agree with this of every pastor or minister of the gospel is that through the teaching of the word and the feeding of the sheep that they then have the desire and maybe even uh, the tools or the outline necessarily yeah. to go and do it themselves. Like they say, oh, like I, I see what he did in that sermon. I see he connected. Oh, he took that from that verse. And oh, three verses later, it says, and it references yes. back and, and they can go in their own personal life and say, you know, I can do this with the word myself. So I, I definitely think, you know, it's kind of like a, I'm going to get fed and sit back on the couch instead of I'm going to get fed and use that energy right. to go get stronger. Yeah. That that word that I like to use over and over again, uh, it's the uh, second most important five-letter word in the Bible. Probably Jesus would be number one. <laughs> but uh, is that right, five? Yeah. Okay, five. good. Just making sure you <laughs> were counting checked. on your fingers over there. Um, equip. Mm. The, the, that you're equipped uh, in, to be – you know, the goal is not I, – I, I need to rail on something that – it's a problem in every established church I've ever been to, especially, mm. and here's the problem, the better the preaching is, the the more real the threat mm. is, okay? Yeah. So so we're in Memphis, you know, we're at Kirby Woods. There's yeah. been good preachers here. There has. So, there uh, is. There, oh, oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, you think back just to the pastors that have been here, and mm. you think back to who's been in Memphis, you know, right. Adrian Rogers rings a bell. Lots of great preachers have been in Memphis. The more, the, the more talented... Uh, and gifted someone is at the art of preaching, the more likely you are to have people gathered for entertainment mm-hmm. at that church. And to see, um, mm-hmm. and Christians will see sermons the same way we see movies. You know, like when you go to a movie and you sit at that movie and you're just, it's great. You're enjoying it. It's got a, it's got a flow. It's got a plot line. Mm-hmm. It's got a start and a conclusion. You might cry. You might laugh. You know, it's a full experience. You've You've sat through sermons from people that, that can do that, you right. know, really good preachers. 
and I'm glad that they do, can, can craft sermons that way that take you on that ride. Mm-hmm. But sometimes what happens is you end up having a, uh, a crowd of people that are primarily there to be entertained, albeit Christian, wholesome entertainment. They're not bad people. They've just come because this beats being at home, you know, right. like, and this is good stuff, you know, they, but, but there's a difference between listening to preaching for entertainment because that's what you do in the subculture mm-hmm. bubble versus listening to preaching for equipping mm-hmm. to be able to go that's out good. and reproduce or to do this again or to live differently, you yeah. know, in some tangible way. So here, I'm going to use your example because you, you set me on the T a moment ago with food. Okay. Okay. So what's a person, what's a person called that eats too much? The Bible word. A glutton. Okay, that's the Bible word, right? So what that what that means is you have taken in into your belly more than what your body needs to function. You so you've got an overabundance mm-hmm. of food coming in, and it turns your body turns it into fat. It goes to your yeah. stomach or you know wherever else, and it's it's unnecessary abundance that doesn't get used. Mm-hmm. That's a glutton. Now, what do we call that in church world when someone takes in way more than what they need and they don't ever use it i don't know (laughs) that's the that's the moral of the story is i mean i think that's what james calls being a hearer of the word Mm, right and not a doer yeah because basically what he's describing is a spiritual glutton i think Mm -hmm. in that in that situation when you accept i don't know if the early church had this struggle or not, uh, whether they had to deal with people gathering to hear Paul preach for the for the creative aesthetic of it, of yeah. like, wow, this is so great, I want to be here for this. And I, I think we, I think we could say perhaps they did because you know otherwise they wouldn't have reason uh, to provide those verses to the churches they were writing to about you know be a doer, not a hearer. Yeah, you know, they said that for like, a reason. Like I've, I've heard of you know I've, I know some of you guys. Yeah, so. So that's, I guess, a caution that I have for anybody listening is that you never want to get to a point where you're primarily at church because it entertains you in a Christian way. Um, It needs to be an equipping center. And also, I would say um, you need to learn how to feed yourself. That needs Mm -hmm. to be a serious priority because it's not guaranteed that you're always going to live in this this bubble or that we're going to live in and a government or an environment that allows this level of freedom. Mm-hmm. You have to think about what could happen and what you need to be able to do. I mean, if it's right to have a stockpile of canned goods in your in your uh, garage because you don't know what's going to happen, mm-hmm. then it's just as right to say, man, I need to be able to do my own devotionals yeah. at least and, and know how to, to feed myself if things get mm-hmm. bad. And, and even continuing the analogy of food, I, I think about – so, you know, Typically, like let's say the average, you know, calorie suggesting. I think they always said two thousand, which depends on how, you know, tall the person is, yeah. how big the person is, etc. Food pyramid, yeah, <laughs> all that fun stuff. Uh, but if you if you think about, so if someone let's say for a number out there, if someone ate eight thousand calories a day, we would say you know nine times out of ten that person's you know probably a glutton, probably you know needs to get some exercise or cut back on their diet. Yeah. But then Unless, you think about the strongmen, like yeah. you think about like these like Eddie Hall type guys who are these massive, you know, bodybuilders and strongmen. So I think there's even an aspect to where 
maybe it's too much for one person, but not for another. And, and that's, you know, hinges on their personal life. There's, there's one person who takes and soaks, and then there's the other person, like you said, who takes and uses it to be equipped to go right. become even stronger in their faith. Yeah. Well, think about the strong man. The reason you, the reason weightlifters eat so much is because they're expending that much mm-hmm. in calories. So you have to put it back into your body. Right. So I think that's a good illustration because mm-hmm. there's usually two times in life when you need that level, that high level of content. One is when you're putting out that much. Mm-hmm. Um, and then secondly is when you just come in un- malnourished mm-hmm. and you're weak and you just need a, a time mm-hmm. of, of taking in. Right. Um, you know, somebody hasn't eaten or, or drank anything for a week, you know, they're, yeah. they're coming in on a stretcher, you know, there's a time to sit and soak. And so there are people that are in that season of life and, and spiritually that's where you're at, but you do need to be able at some point to get off the couch and get, you know, put the serving ladle in your hand and stand in the service line and, and be a part a functioning part of the body using your yeah. gifts and, uh, not being dependent on the machine to feed you that you mm-hmm. want to be able to go, you know, hunt yourself. Yeah, there is, I, I wish I could remember his name. Uh, I know his last name was Para, uh, but he was a missionary who come and spoke, who came and spoke at chapel on Tuesday at mid America. And I think this is a temptation, not only for, you know, the pew sitter who takes and takes in, uh, I think it can also be hard for the person who maybe is getting a healthy amount and it's putting it out as the temptation to sit even more and be able to fight off that temptation. Cause uh, the speaker on Tuesday was talking about how he loves to study. Some people hate studying. Some people hate studying theology, reading, um, you know, reading articles, listening to sermons and people talk, etc. Uh, he said he loves it. But the problem is that if he, if he allowed himself to sit there and study all the time, though it, it would be a good thing to study. It's good to study the word of God. He said that he would, sit there and he would never go out on mission. Uh, and his whole charge, I mean, he was one of the most passionate guys I've ever heard. It was, it was awesome. Uh, but his whole charge was the time for missions is now. Like, it, it's not like, let me prepare and then go out on mission or let me prepare and then go overseas or like, you need to be doing missions now in your daily life. And he said, you know, for seminary students, for pastors, uh, for many of lay people in the church who are just really passionate about God's word, you know, the time to apply it is now. That doesn't mean that we should stop being fed or that we should, uh, you know, be fed even more, but have a balance of both being fed and putting out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that can, you know, just what we're talking about, that can be such a difficult thing to balance in life, you know, as it is with anything else in life. How do you balance spending time in this category and that category when they can both be good things? Uh, there's just so much to unwrap. Yeah. Uh, well, this much, this, I, this much I know, and I'll, I'll close on this, is that the sum of the Christian life cannot be sitting in a church service, mm-hmm. uh, looking at a preacher or listening. It has mm-hmm. to be a combination of being fed, yes, being mm-hmm. encouraged, yes, but also encouraging others, also being on mission and sharing the gospel out loud with other people, getting mm-hmm. up, serving, using your spiritual gifts within the context of the body that you're in. Um, and, and I think you need... One problem that we uncovered, especially in ourselves in Colorado church planting, mm-hmm. was the most people are not are poor at evangelism, not because they don't know what to say. It's because they have no one to say it to yeah. in their life. They don't have any lost mm-hmm. friends that, that they could even fathom, mm-hmm. you know, getting a, conver- a coffee 
chat with, you know, right. getting them to meet up at Starbucks. And it's just we you get so far into the bubble and you look up and oh, think, yeah. how did I ever get here? Um, and I think that can be a result of being too entrenched in the machine mm-hmm. and not uh, and, and seeing preaching at, not as equipping, but as entertainment. Mm. So I think that's a good caution for everybody. It's something I thought about this week and wanted to share um, with you guys, the listeners. Thanks for listening. Please, if you got any additional um, things you want us to talk about on the podcast, if you have someone you'd like to see us interview, anything like that, email pastor at kirbywoods.org, and I will uh, do my best to make that a part of what we're talking about. God bless. Come to Kirby Woods on Sunday morning. Going to be a good sermon, I hear. Uh, Little birdie told me. Uh, Love you guys. Thanks for listening. God bless.